Good news for you all this morning. It may well be the shortest sermon I've ever preached here. It may well be, so we'll see what happens. Would you, would you take out your Bibles this morning? We're going to be heading to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to pray. Lord, as we open up your word, God, would you open up our hearts today? Lord, even in the, the short time we have left, would you speak to us, Lord God, through the power of your word? And I ask for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 to 14. This is what it says. Paul writing, When I came to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ, even though a door was opened for me in the Lord, my spirit was not at rest because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I took leave of them and went on to Macedonia. But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. Wow. Now just briefly, some context here. Paul had written in his first letter to the Corinthian church, uh, he'd written to address some fairly serious issues, issues of divisions, of disputes, of immaturity, of sexual immorality, all sorts of things. He'd done this out of love, but he knew that there would be pain involved in that as well. And in between letters, there was a painful visit that Paul made to the church, and things had kind of gone from bad to worse. We can read an early part of chapter 2 about that, and having to address further issues. So as Paul writes again here in this short uh, part that we've read, he's been in this place of anxiety or restlessness. He says that my spirit was not at rest because he was waiting to hear what was happening in Corinth. What was wondering how things would pan out there. And there may be times too that we experience a sense of restlessness or anxiety about certain circumstances or situations. Perhaps it's a a thought of, what is going to happen in this situation, Lord? How is God going to break through in this area of my life? How will this circumstance that seems very messy right now be worked together for good? I want to encourage us this morning that the Lord is able to bring us from trial to triumph, that he is able to bring us from a place of fear to a place of faith, and he's able to bring us from a place of restlessness to a place of rest and assurance. So whether we find ourselves in that sort of place this morning or not, I just want to bring three uh, reminders, encouragements for us today uh, as as we are in his word. First of all, this morning, a reminder for us to grab hold on, grab hold of the priority of thanks and praise. The Lord is always worthy of our thanks and praise. This may seem like a profoundly simple point to make. It's like, yeah, I've heard all that before, Adam. But I want to say that it can be profoundly difficult at times to remember that and to actually put that into practice in our lives. But I want to say that it is profoundly powerful if we can grab hold of that. It's in this place of anxiety and restlessness and waiting that Paul suddenly bursts forth into this this praise and thanksgiving. Praise and thanksgiving are not just for the moments when things are going well. The reality is, as the people of God, we always have a reason to praise. There is always a song for us to sing. We are always able to have praise and thanksgiving as the theme of our lives. 
in all circumstances, as it so challengingly says in 1 Thessalonians 5. Thanksgiving and praise will turn our gaze heavenward. It will move us from grumbling and complaining, as we've looked at recently. It will move us from trial to triumph. Perhaps it's the last thing that you feel like doing right now. Let me encourage you that it is the best thing to do. So being intentional this week, maybe it will be an act of the will, an act of faith, yet I will praise and thank you, Lord. This priority of thanksgiving and praise cannot be underestimated in our lives. And it will, in fact, help us move to the place of the second reminder that I want to bring this morning. And the second reminder is this, the perspective that we must live with. In Christ, we can live with a sense of triumph and victory. Remembering that Jesus has come and and at the cross, through the cross, he has won the victory over sin and death and shame. And ultimately, he will come again as our conquering king, the one who will reign forevermore, the one to whom all knees will bow down before. But before you get a little bit, maybe, Put out or stroppy with me this morning. Adam, my life looks anything like triumph and victory right now. Let me say this, that this perspective is separate from or it's not dependent on our circumstances. It's like, you know, yesterday we saw, perhaps some of you, the football grand final and that triumph and sense of celebration and victory that was experienced there by the players on the winning team. It's this sense of triumph and victory that we can walk in and live our lives in. It's not just a temporary thing that will fade away. It is something that in Christ is available to us. And you know, Paul wasn't writing these words, this picture of living in and walking in triumph and victory, this triumphal procession from a place of everything being easy. There was constant pressure and persecution and opposition that Paul faced. Yet even in the midst of that, he could pour out praise and thanks to God and make this proclamation that there is a sense of victory that the Lord always leads us in. And with this term, triumphal procession, he was actually expressing this this image or this picture of an event that was known as a Roman triumph. Just very quickly, a little bit of background and context. This was the the highest honour that was given to a Roman general. And before he could win this particular honor, he had to satisfy a whole lot of certain conditions. He had to be the one that was kind of the the commander of the the battle that won the victory. Uh, The campaign must have been completely finished. The region and the enemy in that that battle had to be completely uh, pacified and brought under control. There had to be at least 5,000 of the enemy fallen in the battle and the victory. There needed to be a positive enlargement of territory that was gained as a result of the victory. And so this Roman ritual and celebration was, it was an actual procession, a triumphal procession, if you like, where there was all these important people that went first, there was all these trumpeters heralding the victory, there was the spoils of victory on display, there was the enemy captives on display, there was priests letting off incense that let off an aroma, and then the general, the one who won the victory himself, came as well as people celebrated and cheered. And so in Paul's mind, in writing this picture of a triumphal procession, in his mind this was a picture of Christ, the one who had conquered. That the work 
that Jesus accomplished on the cross was completely finished. The enemy was defeated. We read in Colossians chapter 2 that at the cross and through the cross, Jesus disarmed the rulers and the authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them. So this is what Paul is getting at, this picture of Jesus, our conquering king. And now it doesn't just stop there. He says that he leads us in triumphal procession, in that sense of triumph and victory as well. And that is the reality that we too can walk in, in our lives. For Paul, knowing the ultimate triumph and victory of the Lord Jesus Christ, that was the foundation. That was the framework shaping everything. That was the perspective that formed all the circumstances of his life and kept adversity from weighing him down and temporary setbacks from defeating him. And I want to suggest to us this morning that that can and must be our foundation and framework as well and our perspective that shapes everything too. The perspective of the victory and the triumph that is in Christ Jesus that can transform the circumstances of our lives as well and keep adversity from defeating us and weighing us down. Because when there is a a vision of Christ's victory, one for us at the cross, that will bring a perspective that helps us to view things differently. That helps us to see what God is doing, not just what we feel he's not. It will help us to know the reality of of Romans 8.28, for example, that for those who love God, all things will work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. That changes things for us, I believe. And as we remember who it is we worship and that he is leading us in his victory, it also helps us to remember the final reminder for us this morning, the privilege that we have. Before we get there, I want to just also say that sometimes we are, it feels like we're right there caught up, walking in that triumphal procession. Everything feels like it's going from strength to strength, from mountaintop to mountaintop, everything's falling into place. Other times it feels like it's an act of faith or a response of faith to remember and remind ourselves that he always leads us in triumphal procession. third reminder, as we bring it to a close this morning, is the privilege that we have. In verse 14, he says, he leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. The aroma of Christ, if you like. As followers of Jesus, our lives are meant to carry a certain aroma. I'm not talking about a body odor or anything like that, but a sense of the fragrance of Christ, a sense, if you like, of the tangible evidence of his presence in our lives, a sense of his peace and his joy and his hope and his goodness, the work of the Spirit that is at work changing and transforming us from the inside out, the reality and the power of the gospel outworked in and through our lives. And as I've been thinking and reflecting this week on this idea of a fragrance or an aroma, I've been thinking how a fragrance or an aroma, it it reminds us of something. 
and it reveals something. For example, when I smell lemons or citrus, right away I'm taken back to my grandparents' backyard in Waitara, Sydney. They had this beautiful little kind of citrus grove behind the shed in the corner of the yard, and it just it reminds me of that. When I smell lemons or citrus, it reminds me of that place. It takes me back there. Or you catch a whiff of a spray deodorant, for example, and that takes me back. It reminds me of those change rooms at school growing up. The Lynx Africa was the brand that was all the rage when I was like seven, eight, kind of when you first started needing that. And uh, it reminds me of those change rooms at school where people thought you needed a whole can to uh, actually have it work. Or if you get home and something is cooking and smells amazing, the aroma that that is letting off, it is revealing what is being cooked. Or for my wife, if I'm in my sports clothes, my aroma will reveal what I've been up to, whether it's a run or been out with a dog or something like that. A fragrance or an aroma reminds us of something and it reveals something as well. So I hope that we can catch something of this this morning, the, the through us spreading the fragrance of Christ. Wouldn't it be amazing if our lives, the way that we lived, the manner of our lives, our speech and conduct and love, all those things, wouldn't it be amazing if our lives reminded people of Jesus? Wouldn't it be amazing that if our lives and through our lives that that revealed Jesus to the world around us? Just as a fragrance or a aroma reminds us and reveals something, so too our lives should remind others and reveal Jesus to others. It's God's heart that through us He would spread the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. Everywhere. That means that wherever we are, whatever stage of life, whether we're at home with our kids, whether we're studying, whether we're working full time, whether we're playing sports, whether we're, I'm not sure you can fill in, on the mission field, serving community meals, whatever it is, wherever we are, we have this call and privilege to reveal him, to carry his presence, to put him on display in our lives. That is a call and a privilege that we have. There's a problem though, and it's this, from time to time, instead of the fragrance of Christ, we can exude the stench of something else, of self, self-centeredness, the stench of pride or anger, or bitterness, or sin, whatever it might be. A couple of weeks ago, I took my kids and for a walk. We took the dog with us. And it was just in the fields, kind of at the back of the suburb we live in. I let him off, and I could see he was getting excited. He's a hunting dog, so he kind of, his nose is always at work, sniffing out stuff. And he bolted off through a fence and ran off about 40 meters ahead. And I could see him so excited, the tail was wagging, and then he starts rolling in this stuff. And I was like, oh, maybe I should go, no, I don't want to go and see. And he eventually came back, and as he came near, the aroma 
the odour, the smell was honestly one of the foulest things I've ever smelled in my life. My kids were like gagging, they had their, they were putting their jumpers over their face, they were like, Dad, what is that smell? And uh, I didn't want to know, but I was the one, I had to put the lead back on him and I had to walk him home and it was just horrible, horrible. But we got home and then the next day as his master, you know, I wasn't afraid to get in and clean him up. Took um, welding gloves and a hazmat suit, but (laughs) not really. We got there and I washed him clean with shampoo and tried to get this aroma, this odour off him. The good news for us in our lives, when things get out of kilter, when there's the stuff that we may be rolling around in, when there's just things, maybe our perspective has just gone awry a little bit. So instead of the aroma of Christ, it's something else that we are putting on display. The good news is that the Lord, as our master, as our king, he's not afraid to come and clean us up in our mess so that we can then be spreading his aroma and putting him on display in our lives again. So let me ask you this this morning. Just the three reminders that we've looked at. What is the priority of praise and thanksgiving in your life? What is the perspective that you are living from? Is it that sense of victory and hope and the life that is found in Jesus? Or is it a sense of defeat and despair? And Finally, what aroma are you spreading? Have you remembered the privilege that it's through us that God desires to spread the fragrance of Christ, the knowledge of him, to remind others and reveal Jesus to others? Can we stand this morning? Beth, do you want to just come and just play? Maybe the prayer team, if you're available, you might like to just come forward at this point. Wonderful prayer teams available to the right and left of the stage. I want to encourage us this morning that praise and thanksgiving is so often the key to perspective our perspective being made right. So as we go from here this week, let me encourage us to be intentional about praise and thanksgiving. To remember the victory that Jesus has won and that he leads us in that. And to draw near to Jesus afresh so that we can know him more we can reflect him and spread his fragrance everywhere. So Lord, in this place today, I thank you that we have been able to gather. I thank you, Lord, that we've been able to worship you together corporately in song, lifting our voices in praise. I thank you that we've been able to partake of communion and remember your death and resurrection, Lord Jesus. Thank you just for the, the wonderful, um, just the, the beautiful thing of being able to celebrate with the Wilson family, Lord, in dedicating their precious girl. Thank you for hearing from 
from Steve and for just the, the wonderful things that you've been doing in and through their lives and continue to do in Mozambique. And Lord, thank you for your word we've been able to open up this morning. As your people, Lord God, just keep those things we've looked at today at the forefront of our minds this week, the priority of thanksgiving and praise. Lord, the perspective that we can live with, Lord, that you are the one who leads us in triumph and victory. And also, Lord, the privilege and call that we have to be spreading the fragrance of the knowledge of you, Jesus, everywhere. Help us in that this week, I pray. That you would be seen, that you would be known in and through our lives. For the glory of your name, I pray. I bless each person here, Lord, with your love, with your grace, with that awareness of your goodness and your presence with them, Lord. May we know that you are near. May we know the reality of your victory in our lives, I pray. Thank you that you're the lifter of our head. Thank you that you are the one who goes with us. We pray all these things in Jesus' name.